and welcome everybody to the Lucy Podcast, brought to you by Roughneck Scarves. My name is Tony. I'm here with Dave and David. Dave Stevens, David Sterling. I am Tony Pervenanzi. Connor is away last minute because his kid started having a fussy moment right before we started this podcast, so he will not be joining us. Uh, good luck to Connor with all that uh, baby fussiness. Um, it is Sunday, guys. There was no game this week. We're just doing this podcast really to preview next week's game and talk about some other stuff. Um, unfortunately for Dave and I, we had snow here yesterday, David. Snow. Heard. I've seen pictures. Yeah, it was not cool. Yeah. Measurable snow now, and actually it got a bit breezy overnight, and I was not out and about Tony last night. I don't know about you, but uh, I, I did hear, though, that the road conditions were less than ideal. And, of course, yeah. Minnesota, first kind of significant, even insignificant snowfall, yeah. but first measurable snow, it's always causes a problem. That's nothing new. But Well, at least it was Sunday. It's true. Yeah, and it, the other thing, too, is, of course, there's no – they haven't treated any of the roads yet. So when you get into the season, they've treated the roads so many times that there's residual. So the roads aren't that bad. So they haven't treated the roads yet. People aren't used to it. Even Saturday, yesterday morning, there were problems because we had all that rain Friday night into Saturday. It then froze up on the bridge overpasses. Oh, and like man. you looked at the traffic thing in the morning on Saturday morning, and there was crashes on every single bridge in the Metro. It was ridiculous. Um, like I said, I had, uh, lunch with my parents yesterday and I made sure we left their house before the snow even tried to start. Cause I was like, I don't want to be out in this crap. People are going to be crazy. Yeah. So, um, but I heard, uh, David, I heard there's um, some freeze warnings for uh, the Northern part of Florida tonight. I was say not down here, <laughs> not, not where you're at, but up in the Tallahassee area. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna have some I, I did stuff. see that too. Yeah. Um, and it, I mean, even down here last night, it dropped into the fifties. And I think tonight it's going to be in the fifties. Um, hey, that's, that's chilly. That's, yeah, that's well, chilly yeah. down here. I mean, for, for Fort Myers. Yeah. For Fort Myers. Your- I mean, you, if Florida is a big state, obviously. And I know, yeah. you know, from people I know that live kind of up in the Northern part, I mean, that's, that's not uncommon at all dipping into freezing, but, but you're talking about right. Northern Florida up past Jacksonville yeah. and even in the panhandle, but yeah, to, to be low fifties in Fort Myers. Ooh. Yeah. David, do you even yeah. have a, do you have a furnace in your house at all? Um, I think so. I, I think we have, uh, yeah, I, I honestly saw something in the inspection report about that. Okay. Um, it's, I think it's tied in with our ACs. Um, but yeah, it's electric. You know, I don't, yeah, it doesn't have to be that like too substantial. I, I'm sure. I don't feel like we're yeah. going to use it ever. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe a week in February or January, late January. Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, again, uh, and, and David, thanks for coming on the podcast this week. I know that you you plan to go to the beach, and uh, I did. Yeah. Now, now the, the the family decided to go to the pool, and that's not your thing, right? Right. The pool yeah, is just I'm not, not a, a pool guy. And that's a you have a pool in your community, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So weather here sucks. Weather down by David is awesome as usual. Um, we are drinking. Of course, local craft beers. I can't say Minnesota craft beers anymore because David is in Florida. So, uh, but local craft beers. Um, David, how about we start with you? Because you went to another new brewery in Florida. I mean, pretty much for the next how many couple of weeks, every brewery you go to is probably going to be new, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've uh, I started visiting breweries on the uh, 16th, I think, of October, and I've been to a new one every weekend. Um, 
so that's been kind of fun. I'm running out of very local vicinity breweries, though. I think there's only two left. So if I if I do anything, I'm gonna have to start venturing out. Um, but so I went to Palm City Brewing Company. Uh, that is also here in Fort Myers. Um, that is called that because Fort Myers is apparently nicknamed the Palm City. Uh, so fitting, I suppose. Um, I decided to go with an IPA. It is an Imperial Double New England Hazy IPA. Wow. Um, uh, this particular brewery really focuses on hazy IPAs. That's their specialty. Uh, this is the Juice Dream Hero. It's at uh, 8% ABV. Um, they say it has cashmere, El Dorado, mosaic hops. Um, it's really good. The thing that I like about this is that they used flake malts in it. Um, so it's super, super smooth and creamy. Um, it's they say tropical goodness and that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's just amazing. And for being a, a double Imperial, it's so incredibly smooth. Um, you know, a lot of times I think double Imperials end up being a little, little bitey. They get that, that hoppy tannin bitterness to them. Mm -hmm. And this has like zero. Um, they said that they use six pounds of hops in every barrel. Um, it's a lot of hops. Um, they don't put the, they don't put the, um, what you call it, the uh, IBU. So I don't know what that is, um, but I, yeah, I would recommend this to anyone that likes IPAs, especially New England's. It's classic New England, very tropical, um, very uh, pineapple-y, kind of a mango-y, um, citrusy. Yeah, it's really good. Um, that's fantastic david i had a question for you regarding breweries in florida now you you might not know this I, I don't know but do you think now during like the winter time season are they gonna start doing like uh more stouts more dark beers in florida or are they just like pretty much your light beers all around yeah you know it's funny i ended up chatting up this guy that was sitting at the bar beer bar whatever you call it um there yesterday He's from Chicago and he just moved down here six months ago and we were having this discussion um, and it, it's, there are not, I don't know if they will, but there are not a lot of dark beers. Um, I think Palm City had two, I believe, um, a stout and something else. I can't even remember what it was, um, you know, big storm. That was that two weeks ago. I think they had four. I mean, they, they had a porter, a couple different stouts. Yeah, I mean, it, but beyond that, there aren't many dark beers. I think um, uh, Riptide, that was that last week, one of their only dark beers was actually a dark lager. It was a Mexican lager. So, sure. I mean, it's not even not even that. But the reality is, uh, Scott, his name was, uh, him and I were talking about it. And we're like, well, you know, not a lot of people want to drink a dark beer when it's above 60 and yeah. here at least once you get south of tampa it's rarely rarely below 70 so i mean it's i, I don't know uh, it's mostly golden ales 
Um, you know, amb- there are some ambers, there are a lot of blondes, there are half of Isons, yep, IPAs, lots of IPAs. Nothing, but it's nothing heavy. You know, you don't even see milkshake IPAs. Like wow. it's, you just, it's really focused on the light beers. You know, I think some of that might also be transplants are, sure. you know, obviously extensive. A lot of older people, they're sure. more likely to have macro beers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's true. But they actually, this brewery just released, um, they called it the blank check. It was a uh, checklist or sorry, Czechoslovakian, <laughs> uh, Czech Republic uh, style lager. Um, they just released it yesterday. I had one of the first glasses of it. Amazing. Nice. I mean, that's like, but it's exactly typified like Florida beer. I mean, it's yeah. super light and crisp. It had just a little bit of a hint of uh, bready maltiness to it. So you could tell it was crafty. But yeah, I, I don't, I can't answer your question until maybe, you know, February. Um, yeah. But from what I can tell, there's not a huge demand for dark beers. Because we know up here, a lot of breweries will rotate in then their darker beers as we get into, you know, late October, November, December, January, February, they rotate those ones in. So you go to like an Omni or, a, you know, Alloy, and they've got those ones kind of rotated in that they don't have during the summertime. Right. Um, so I, I just think it'd be interesting to see if Florida actually does that. And maybe you're right. David, maybe because it's Florida, why would you rotate those heavy beers in when it's not going to be cold? So, right. You know, and maybe if there's breweries up in Tallahassee, Jacksonville, you know, Panama city beach area. um, I mean, I guess even places like Orlando get chillier than we do. Um, You know, this more central areas, maybe they, do rotate some more in um there's a beer brewery in lakeland that i want to go see my aunt lived in lakeland for a number of years and that's the first town i ever visited in florida um, when i was little so um I w- i'd like to go up there it's not that far away but maybe again they get into the 50s 60s maybe they have something more when they rotate but nice yeah all right well dave what do you got today yeah, I was just I was just out on D- David's point. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, you, as far as a brewery is concerned, you got to kind of you know brew beer for you know for your for, you know brew local you know for your climate. What makes the most sense? So I guess maybe for us living still living in Minnesota, maybe we're lucky because we go through the you know the four seasons and have that have those real real good opportunities for seasonal beers and you know pumpkin mm-hmm. spice beers. Like oh. I was even guilty of doing earlier, <laughs> earlier this year. Oh. I haven't done it again, I should say. But anyways, no, I'm I'm excited. Um, for me, I don't know if you guys have tried this before, but I I for me, I went with a new brewery, which I've been able to do the last couple of weeks, surprisingly. Um, I went with a beer from the Warrior Brewing Company up in Duluth. And so, of course, last Thursday, this past Thursday, as we record here on Sunday, uh, last Thursday was Veterans Day. And um, so I, I kind of thought this was a special opportunity to feature their beer because Warrior Brewing Company up in Duluth, Minnesota, is actually uh, it's veteran owned and veteran brewed. So I thought that was kind of special and it made sense. So, I mean, I just I, I bought this on Saturday, just to be clear, but I, I did, you know, thinking of, you know, Veterans Day weekend and Veterans Day just this past Thursday, I thought it made the perfect sense to talk about their beer. And I was especially excited because I had not had the opportunity to try their beer. So I thought that was great. So they had several available actually at the store that I went to. Obviously, I didn't make the run up to Duluth, but I ended up going with the Valkyrie, uh, which is a golden honey ale. 
And um, I tried one last night just to get a sense of it, because like I said, I hadn't tried it before and uh, I'm really impressed. And anytime I see, like, I'm not a huge fan of the sweet beers, even though I do try a, a bunch of them. So you see honey in the name and you're like, mm, okay, but this is, this is not the case. It's not overly sweet at all. In fact, it's really, it comes out tasting really light, really light, basically in a dry finish. It's not overly sweet at all. So uh, it's, it's a very easy drinker. It's delicious. Um, it comes in at like five and a half percent and the IBU is like 14. So that would just tell you it's not very bitter. It's very easy drinking, very smooth. And uh, yeah, so my first beer from Warrior Brewing Company is the Valkyrie and the Golden Honey Ale. And I'm yeah very impressed with this one. So yeah, I thought it was nice. a great choice. Nice. Well, guys, I got a beer and I, we might have done this on the podcast a long time ago. I don't remember. We might. I have to look at the list. But uh, my beer is from Hammerheart Brewing Company uh, that used to be in Lionel Lakes. It is, I think we talked on the podcast, they did close um, their brewery location. They are still brewing beer at another location and they are still doing some sort of growler fills at their old location but they're no longer open to kind of go in there and sit and have some beers and stuff uh but i went there with their master's table which is a belgian style table beer ale as they call it five percent um it says a sessionable ale inspired by belgian style farmhouse table beers fit for the master's table with citrus and floral aroma the master's bouquet uh and this is in collaboration with cryptic uh, crypt sermon and i had to look them up because i don't know what crypt sermon was and they're a heavy metal band so this is a collaboration with them and uh it's, it's really good guys it's really light uh it's not i don't know if you guys have ever had anything from hammerheart hammerheart is more of a they were more of a darker a lot of smoked beers type yeah. of thing this is way off of their what they usually do this is a very light uh, like I said, a Belgian style. I mean, it, it's light. It's five percent. Got a little happiness to it, but you can drink these all day. So that's cool. Interesting. Yeah. So they're, uh, yeah, cool. They're canning their stuff. So yeah, and you know, I thought I remember reading on their announcement that they were going to close the tap room and everything that they were talking about how they wanted to branch out. Yeah. Uh, they wanted to keep their core, but they wanted to branch out and do some more. Uh, Yep. interesting beers and then I, I i can't even recall the last time i've had a table ale yeah. i feel like i had one at a beer fest once years ago um, it's an interesting interesting genre yeah and it's it's again it's um you can't find this everywhere so if you're looking for it you got to go on their website see what what uh, liquor stores actually have it on hand and it's not a lot um in minnesota it's it's kind of random places here and there and then they also they are in a couple of uh bars and pubs in minneapolis um i don't know the names of them but they got a list like five or six where you can get their beers in there so they're still around and they're still i'm obviously doing okay so um speaking of breweries who are not around guys we were just uh given the news yesterday that uh a brewery of ours a favorite of ours actually uh blue wolf in uh, brooklyn park has closed down its operations which came as a surprise to all of us because we didn't see any announcements about it. Uh, all we saw, I think, David, all you saw yesterday on Facebook was a thing saying, thanks for the good times. We'll see you again 
and yeah, sun, sun was setting. Sun yeah. was setting, and then I started reading the comments on there, and they were like, "Yeah, last call was Friday night. Uh, we don't know what happened to him." Uh, I, I like I said in our text, guys. I thought they were doing pretty well. I mean, Thursday through Saturday, they were they always seemed to be busy. They had a, a local uh, following that was really good. They had their beers in uh, crowlers and in stores around the metro. I mean, I thought they were doing pretty well, uh, but obviously we don't know the whole story, and it's sad to see a place like that go. Um, yeah, that's yeah. sad. And, and it was, and David, that was your kind of, I guess, if you want to call it your home brewery, because it, I'm pretty sure it was by far the closest one to your old uh, old house. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I had Brooklyn. been there multiple times, and then even I would go to high V and get some of their beers and crowlers. Um, yeah, it was, it, it was weird. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously I haven't been in the area for a couple months, but I was there. Hell, Tony, you and I were there. What? The, yeah. Two days before I moved. Yep. Two right? days before you moved. Yeah. So that would have been um, yeah, a couple months ago. And, you know, I obviously followed them on Instagram and Facebook and mm-hmm. the last couple months, didn't see anything that would suggest that they were oh. closing. And I think I'd mentioned on our texts that literally just a week and a half ago, they were talking about how they were reopening for Monday and Tuesdays. Yep. Um, so it's, it's really weird. That's a bizarre, you know, and that makes me feel like hopefully not. Um, you know, I, I don't want to hear business go out of, you know, brewery mm-hmm. out of business because they haven't done well, but I'd rather see it that way than say like a health issue. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it kind of, kind of reminds me of a situation that something came up. I mean, if you're opening up for the entire week, Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you would suggest that business operations supposed to be fine. Um, so I just, I just hope it's not a health issue, but, um, and, uh, we have, you know, we have basically, you know, we, we've been talking about this since, you know, since pandemic started, I mean, we knew, it was going to be a tough kind of environment for businesses, especially small businesses to kind of like push through. And, you you know, this could be, you know, a, a, some fallout from that, but we, you know, why there's, I, you know, I'm not going to speculate too much further other than to say, yeah, it's a shame because I was actually the, I actually, the closest I was, I, I can't remember exactly the last time I was actually inside the brewery, but yeah, I was there. I was up there near at the Broadway pizza just a month and a half ago or so. And, um, after I got just after I got back, actually, and I remember think I didn't go into I didn't go to Blue Wolf that night, but I remember seeing the the crowd. There was a decent crowd, mm-hmm. you know. I could tell that. I mean, that was a Friday night, so maybe that's to be expected. But uh, yeah, Tony, I know I know you did, or you were at least at a liquor store at, at Big Ten, at Top Ten, I think, and you yeah. at least saw their crawlers available. I did. Yeah. You inspired me to run up to Princeton Liquors in Maple Grove near my house, and I was able to snatch a couple. Uh, crawlers i think i got their juice juicy lucy something as a juicy goosey. lucy as a goosey yeah I, I and i haven't tried that yet so i've got that i'm not featured on the it podcast is. today but I've, i got that one and i got another i think no coast ipa up mm-hmm. there so so yeah i'll yeah. be looking forward to part of me wants to save them as long as i can just to have it and then another yeah. part of me wants to just drink them right away but uh, yeah at least i was able to grab a couple before uh yeah obviously they aren't available anymore and yeah, uh, you know i i kind of wonder um in my MBA program, I did a paper on craft beer and I did it specifically on the, the crash, the original crash from what, 20 years ago. Yep. Um, and I kind of wonder if 
they spread themselves too thin. I mean, because obviously they started uh, brewing a lot because they started appearing, their crawlers started appearing everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's always a possibility, but the fact that, you know, distribution in Minnesota can be self-distributed. So I don't know that the cost of distribution is that significant. I mean, when you start growing too big, I don't know if that's can necessarily be much of an issue in Minnesota unless it's like massively, you know, and you just yeah. blow up. But yeah, it, you know, it's sad. Um, I, I feel terrible because it, the owner's name is escaping my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but, you know, every time I went in there, I chatted, him, chatted with him and he was a good guy. Yep. And obviously we recorded what? Three podcasts there? Two. We did two or three. But at least we did, uh, probably Oktoberfest we... there. We did. I think we did. Um, yeah. At least two. And I feel like yeah. I might have missed one um, yeah. that you guys did without me. Yeah. I think yeah. I feel like one time. But yeah. So at least a couple of times. They were always so uh, welcoming every time yeah. they came in. Super incredible. David, like you touched on, super friendly people and owners there. So yeah. They yeah. said hopefully. Uh, Hopefully they're on to maybe bigger and better things and just doing what they want to do. I hope so. And like I said, I, you guys said the owners are great. They'd allow us to do podcasts whenever we wanted to. I always joked that if we ever wanted to do a podcast like that day, we could just contact them and be like, yeah, come right. on in. You know, it was like, they didn't, they just like, they loved having people in there and they, and they enjoyed it. So um, yeah, well, whatever's going on with them, good luck to them. Maybe they'll come back, you know, I kind of joke that maybe they followed David to Florida. Right. Um, you know, they wanted to get, get out of the weather. So, um, anywho, guys, let's talk because we have a big game coming up next Sunday, right? Sunday from today at 4 30. Yeah. Uh, it is the Loons against the uh, Portland Timbers. It is in Portland. Um, and I guess, guys, the thing going into it, do we feel confident? that this team is on the right track going into a game against Portland. Well, I mean, I guess I'll start real quick. I mean, I think if, you know, if we let's do, you know, recent, recent, real recent uh, memory. I mean, I think you're coming off a strong kind of must win playoff type game against SKC at home, which kind of, we knew they had to have, I think the front four looked good in that game. And then of course uh, the tremendously exciting match out at, out in Carson against LA galaxy, which of course we know ended in a three, three draw with some late, late dramatics, you know, maybe you look at that game and say, mm, you know, they, the, the, the loons kind of blew some leads. They had a two goal lead to start out that game. And then they had, they, they had another lead, you know, at three and two. So if you want to be pessimistic, I get it. But the fact is the front, I want to say the front four has looked pretty good. And if we're just doing a short window over the last couple games, you can go back a little further, I think. And, and there, there's been promise. And at least those guys have been together. But I think that's I'm going to go the optimism route here and say, hey, I, maybe they're coming together with a couple I would call strong performances against L.A. Galaxy and Sporting Kansas City. And the front four is healthy and together. And so I think that's one way to look at it as far as optimism. I mean, maybe they're coming. To, I, I kept looking for even going back months. I kept looking for that because I wanted to see the run over maybe seven, eight, nine games to really, really prove that this team is one and can be dominant and and compete for that MLS cup. I don't think I saw that, but I mean, short term, I think you can say those guys are playing together the front four. I mean, and uh, yeah, I, I, I'm optimistic uh, as far as where this club is right now. And then one thing you can pretty much say all year is the back four has played solid 
We've had solid mm-hmm. goalkeeping from Tyler Miller. Always sets up well for a playoff run. That's something you need. And then, yeah, I, I think, you know, I think this team is healthy. I think that's a huge part of it. Um, so why not? We got the pieces in place to go for a run like they did, you know, maybe last year. So start with that. Yeah. yeah you know, I, I piggyback that and say last episode at the end, we kind of very briefly discussed this. I feel like, unfortunately, Portland's due. We've had their number mm. for a while, and mm-hmm. that really lessens my confidence. Um, with that said, piggybacking on what you said, Dave, you know, they've definitely, we've definitely been looking a lot better offensively. Um, we're starting to click that front four is, um, you know, you can't argue that at all. Um, you know, we've, we've looked good offensively, um, even when we haven't looked good, if that makes sense, um, in the last handful of games. So, it's just one of those things where maybe it's coming together um, right at the right time. I hope so. I mean, again, we've had their, we've had Portland's number for a while and that's fantastic. Uh, I'm not going to say that I'm super confident, but I think that um, I'm more confident than say if we were playing anybody else. Yeah. To, um, to your point. Yeah. To your point, David. Yeah. And though you, you mentioned it and just to put it on just the numbers, you know, in, in their MLS existence, the loons that is they've, they've had seven wins against Portland, only, only two losses and a single draw. So yeah, if there's any team in MLS, you know, and Portland, Portland's a funny team. I think they really are, especially in, in Minnesota's existence into MLS. It, it just seems like they're, they're a real up and down team, especially this year where they've had a lot of wins, but if you look at their goal differential, you know, they, they, they give up a lot of goals. They score a lot of goals. They're just a very up and down team. And yeah, but it is, it is so funny. There's not a lot of teams in this league other than maybe the very bottom where you say, you know, Minnesota is just dominant over their, their existence. And that has been the case for Minnesota almost surprisingly. So, I mean, maybe other than didn't uh, the loons open their MLS campaign back in 2017 in Portland and that didn't go so well. That was what five one or something. That was, that was terrible. But they, uh, they, they literally haven't looked back from that game and has somehow found a way to dominate Portland. And, and that's not something we can say a lot about MLS clubs. And, you know, a little bit further this year, you know, I, I was out of town for, I think, or at least one of the, these games. But, uh, you know, they beat, they beat uh, Portland at, at Portland uh, back in June and then uh, followed that up with a, a win a month later in July at Allianz. You know, so we've got the season series 2-0. Uh, so to speak. And, you know, it's a huge cliche It's you know, but it probably applies for all sports. It's hard to beat a team three times in one calendar year. Shout out to the United States men's national team who did that very feat against Mexico in three competitive matches. Had to say that David, especially because of the Jersey you're wearing, but so, you know, if the U S men's national team can beat uh, Mexico three times in one calendar year, why can't, uh, the loons beat Portland. So, yeah, you know, I, I think the only thing that uh, concerns me beyond maybe Portland's do is Portland's looked pretty good as well in the last mm-hmm. few matches. Um, but, you know, this since going back, I guess, kind of to some level, this squad um, versus Portland, if I if my math is right, it's we've outscored them six three mm-hmm. um, since the beginning of 2019. We've outscored them nine three, I think, is what my math comes up as that's a significant goal difference um 
I mean, that is, uh, Dave, as you said, dominant. Um, it's, you know, and that's away, home, doesn't matter. We've done it. So that, that does uh, boost my confidence a little bit, but I'm a pessimist yeah. guy, pessimistic and, guy, so and, I can't go too far. Yeah, and that, and it's, um, you know, and, and to piggyback off of another one of your points, um, you know, what, and what do you guys think uh, as far as the potential opponents? Because we knew going into decision day, that Minnesota could finish anywhere from fifth to literally, I think ninth place and be out of the playoffs. Yep. But so that I think, yeah, that I'm pretty sure they could have finished fifth, sixth, seventh, as mm-hmm. well as not making the playoffs. So, you know, your potential opponents for round one, we knew, uh, call you know, we knew, um, we weren't going to have that, uh, the, the four seed, um, that was already clinched by Portland coming into decision day. I think that was the only spot, uh, you know, of the seven that were actually, clinched was portland had the four seed um yeah i think you're right yeah that so that being said the the opponents that you know if we were going to make the playoffs you know we don't need to speak about la fc or la galaxy because they're out but i mean now that we know potential first round opponents could have been you know either at uh, portland like the loons are or at sporting kansas city or at seattle and just first glance i'd say because of the success and the dominance of the regular season of Seattle and, and SKC, kind of both of those clubs blowing their opportunity to have the top seed Colorado essentially snuck in with some, well, I didn't say they didn't sneak in. They had strong play down the stretch. It's almost like, I almost like I didn't say, you know, SKC really disappointed not to. So, I mean, maybe SKC is a team you'd rather see the loons play just because they SKC is really having some problems, especially mm-hmm. even at home. No, they, historically it would be tough to want to pay. You don't, correct. You don't want to play correct. S. We don't want. We didn't want to play SKC. And you know why, Dave? Why because that? we beat SKC uh, the week before, right? Yeah, uh, and yeah. Yeah. we kind of showed that we could beat them. And I think there was a kind of a bad taste left in their mouths after that game. Um, they definitely so, didn't bounce back. No, they didn't. Mm-hmm. But playing us again would have, I think, put some bolts and yeah. material up you know, there that you know. If, if I took that uh, scenario from the view of, say, Adrian Heath and being on any proverbial hot seat, I think you'd want to have to go to Seattle and beat Seattle because yeah. that is a statement. If you go to Seattle mm-hmm. and beat Seattle in round one, that's yeah. making a statement. That's you. Um, yes, certainly. So, part of me, though, part of me would hope that if, if, if Minnesota has to go to Seattle, it doesn't happen until the conference final like it did last year. But right. uh, I, that's I a tough place to play. So. Yeah, um, I, I think. But, yeah, if, if I had to pick of those three myself, Portland would be the obvious um, yep. outcome that, mm-hmm. you know, just makes more sense. Um, Even though, yeah, I mean, and that's why I said first glance, I think yeah, I think Portland, you know, and, and credit to Minnesota for getting that five seed, getting that draw that they, as it turned out, needed. Um, against LA Galaxy, you know, good for them. They got the five seed. They're playing the four seed. So then first glance, maybe they are, have the best matchup. Now, any game on the road is a tough one in MLS. So it's going to be a challenge, I think, regardless of who the Loons are playing. But at least they're going into that game with some rest, at least for most of their players that aren't away on international duty, uh, healthy for the most part, hopefully can stay that yep. way. So, I mean, I think at least we're not looking at this in, in, you know, coming in shorthanded in a big match. So we've got the club, we've got a little bit of short-term confidence and cohesiveness with those front four in the attacking third. So yeah, uh, why not? You know, I think uh, my confidence level is 
pretty good considering it's a it's a a way you know a way match to start the MLS Cup playoffs. So we'll see. We've uh, I sent you guys the text, the chart that showed we, we've talked about this on the podcast before. Kind of the lucky, unlucky teams this year. And the funny thing is, like you look at the loons, we've been a good, unlucky team this year. Okay, which is kind of what I've been saying. You look at Portland, they've been a, what is it, a bad, lucky team this year. I think that was on that chart. So they are kind of in, uh, kind of on the opposite end of the chart. So my concern, guys, going to this game is that we lose this game because we get unlucky and Portland gets lucky. And that's, I, yeah, you know. I mean, that's the best way to look at it. I mean, it, concern, it concerns me. It concerns me because uh, we haven't been able to break out of this kind of unlucky streak that we've got going this year, and Portland somehow has made themselves a, a fourth-place team with a very yeah. lucky streak this year. So, Well, yeah, and Tony, that's a good point because I think I touched on it earlier, but, I mean, their club, I mean, they, they're tied with, you know, the, the rest of the top four with 17 wins. You know, 17 wins in the, you know, that's winning half your games. That You'd be pretty darn happy with that, you know, but they have to couple that with 13 losses, which is which is of the playoff teams, I think, uh, let me look at it, only Real Salt Lake has m- more losses with 14. So yeah. it is, they are an odd team in that sense that they've won so many games, but they've lost quite a few as well relative to the other MLS Cup playoff teams. And they've scored 56 goals, uh, put, it, put it in perspective, Minnesota has only scored 42. Yeah. Flip side of that is, you know, they've also given up 52 goals. So they have been just an odd team, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, up and up and down team that maybe wins a game, three nil, but loses a game or two, you know, three nil. So it's, it, it is very odd. So, you know, and I think that that is a problematic stat because, you know, if you have a team like the loons who have been incredibly unlucky offensively, we're not scoring a lot of goals. We're up against a team that scores a lot of goals most of the goals that we give up are unlucky goals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're talking that own goal. We're talking, you know, Miller's fingers, jelly fingers, slippery fingers. You know, I, you know, it's the cheap giveaways in midfield, you know, a lot of these things that you're just that step off. You're just, they don't ball doesn't bounce the right way, whatever. Yep. You know, I think, that's something that makes me go into this match less confident because you, you know, Portland's already scoring a lot of goals. We're more than likely to help them score goals. That doesn't bode well for us. Um, you know, like, but now, however, you know, offensively we've started to click. So maybe that unluckiness in goal scoring has gone, you know, maybe we, maybe we finally cracked that, you know, um, I don't know. Well, guys, before we jump to another subject here, before we get out of the whole Portland thing, let's go around the horn. I want to get you guys' takes one loons player who could win it for us on Sunday and one loons player who could lose it for us on Sunday. And by that mean, I mean, win it for us means they have a great game and they are the ones who kind of get us over the hump 
or the lose it is the guy who makes a shitload of mistakes. And we look back on that game and we go, this is the reason why we lost. So David, I'll start with you. Winner and loser. Um, Franco and Franco. Oh, good one. I mean, I, I just think, you know, I, I think I should probably back that up with some type of explanation. You know, I think he's, when he's on, he's electric. Um, you know, obviously we, anybody could pick Ray, right? You know, anybody could pick Unu, you know, Unu comes out, comes blazing and he does what he's supposed to be doing and what he has been starting to do, you know, that's one thing, but I just, God, Franco, just, he's like, a, he's a stick in my craw. I just can't, I can't take it. You know, he's, if he's electric, this game is, is it like, he's going to be that game changer. He's that game changer in our front four, but the number of times that he screws up, he drops, drops his brain somewhere backfield <laughs> and just misses a pass or just quits or just, um, you know, gives the ball away cheaply, whether it's a bad dribble or it's a terrible pass. Um, I just have a feeling if he's off, that leads to fewer goals, which leads to a loss, in my opinion. He's a lightning so, rod. He's a lightning rod, really. Yeah. I mean, that's and, and so that's 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 me. I you know, there are I think there are easier, uh, more obvious choices for that answer, but I'm going with him on both sides. All right. So you're setting you're setting us up, David. So if we pick one of those players, then it, then we're just taking the easy way out. I see, I see what <laughs> right. you did there. So very well done. Good. I mean, first of all, good answers. Good answers, Franco. Yeah. But yeah, I like how you set us up. All right, Dave, go ahead. All right. You know, actually, David, when you mentioned that, you know, taking the easy way out, uh, you know, I'm not going to do that. I was thinking about doing that. You know, your stars need to star kind of thing like that to win a playoff game on the road. But you know what? I was thinking about it while you were talking as well. Um, I because I, I do like your selection of Franco and Franco for that matter. But I, you know what? I'm going to go with Ozzy Alonso as someone who could potentially win this game for us. And I'm not saying he could potentially, you know, score a brace or anything like that or even score at all. But I go back and I look at Ozzy's play over the last month and a half. You know, a lot of times when he was needed, even some of the times when he wasn't, I'm going to pick Ozzy just because I really looking back, you know, aside from the obvious front four, them coming together and playing strong, Ozzy was extremely solid, kind of box to box. He was playing that whole role. And not only that, he wasn't just coming in and doing it for 30 minutes. He was, he was doing it for 90 minutes on a number of occasions when he was available. And I think even like in the, obviously you missed the last match due to, um, accumulation was it but uh, I think even in the SKC match and the matches before that he was incredibly solid and I think we need you know given a team like Portland that tends to score a lot of goals yet can give up a lot of goals I think uh, your your box-to-box midfielder um, can play a strong strong role in both defensive support you know of Portland's attack and counter and then also setting up setting up our guys going forward so I think Ozzy's a huge key. That's going to be my pick uh, for a guy that could win the game for us. Um, I think he needs to have a big game, and I think he will. And so, yeah, foreshadowing. I mean, I know there might be some people that would be disappointed if you don't see the the old uh, Dotson trap combination. But I mean, I think I, I'd predict at this point we're going to see Ozzy, Ozzy and Trap in that in defensive mid uh, starting position. But uh, that's just me. And then I guess I will with my I a little tougher for me. Um, to pick a guy who might lose the game for us, but we've seen it 
Um, I'm going to go with Gasper. Maybe that's taking the easy way out uh, defensively. But I mean, because, you know, for, first of all, I have said, and I will credit Gasper and the entire back line. I said it earlier. I mean, they've played very, very strongly over the course of the entire season. So I'm very happy with how Gasper has played, how the back line has played. But I think Gasper is just one of those guys. And not that he hasn't been in big games before he has, but it's just one of those guys, whether it's a, it's a brash foul or maybe late getting back, we've seen that this year, um, whether it's uh, yeah, one of those two things, if that happens, that can really affect the game in a negative way. So that's my answer for who could potentially lose the game for us. Well, great, Dave. But um, you said Ozzy's name wrong. He is actually now Mr. Nugenics. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is not mm-hmm. Ozzy Alonzo anymore. It's Mr. Nugenics. But yeah. um, guys, I, I'm going to do two players totally different. So we're going to have a couple different players here, guys. Um, the guy who's going to might win this game for us, I think, is going to be Tyler Miller. Um, because he's he's had some games, guys, where he has won a game for us with his play. He's also had some games where he's lost it for us with his play. But he can come on and 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 get some of those chances and 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 not give up any goals and and I think this is the type of game that we could see Tyler Miller kind of show us why we signed him um, for games like this. Um, on the flip side, I'm going to go to the other side of the pitch, Dave. From you, I'm going to go with Ramon Metnir as the guy who can lose this game for us. And the reason why is we talked about this on, on the podcast. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, he has not looked the same uh, for, I don't know how long guys, he has looked a little bit flustered with his play. He hasn't been kind of on his game uh, for the last month, probably, or, or longer than that. So my concern is something happens he is a breakdown. He's not in his position. He makes a terrible foul loses his guy, you know, stuff like that. Uh, things that can go wrong, especially when you're not in the right state of mind. And I don't think Metonier is in the right state of mind right now. And hopefully this, you know, two weeks off. Well, unfortunately, didn't he, yeah. he was on international duty, wasn't he? Metonier, yeah, I think he was. Up, with, yeah. yeah. So maybe going out on international duty will help him get back in his form. I don't know, but it concerns me that he's been kind of, hasn't been the and rock what, that it usually is. And, and actually, and he, he, uh, I trace his weirdness back to last year when he was out with African mm-hmm. Cup, uh, was it African Nations Cup or African yeah. Cup of Nations? Um, I, I trace all the way back to then, yeah. um, which was what right at the end of MLS's back, I think it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just think I agree with you, Tony. He's been just slightly off. Ever since then, um, at the same time, he comes out. There's been he's made differences in matches. Yes, um, yeah. I think he made a difference in um, the LA Galaxy match. I think mm-hmm. he he made a difference um, against SKC too. What, but you're wasn't right, he's it, off a bit. Wasn't and I mean some of that off. Whether it's his, I don't even know if it's maybe a performance, but maybe how he's fitting in and and working with the rest of the squad. I mean, wasn't it uh, wasn't it against SKC where he, I mean, there was a little miscommunication where he started going forward after a layoff to, I can't yeah. remember the playoff yeah. and then got out of position, Yeah, you know, right back yeah. because he was going yeah. forward after, I don't yeah. know that that's just a, that's a one-off kind of thing, but I, I get what you're saying, Tony. It's interesting that you and I both picked the, uh, 
the, uh, the, the fullbacks uh, for, yeah. for Minnesota's potential uh, problem, uh, which is, is tough for me to do. But it, I mean, I guess if I'm trying to be nitpicky, I mean, that's where it is. Cause I think I don't, I don't want to speak for you guys, but I'm pretty sure you, we'd all agree that we have kind of the utmost confidence in the center backs. Of course, Boxel, he's been a rock for a long time now, yeah. but even to the, I mean, on the flip side of that conversation, I think the he's really coming into his own, Mm-hmm. Um, and going from he he's gone from a good ever since they picked him up he's been good for this club but I think he's really really grown into being a solid defensive player for Minnesota defensive especially well you know the funny yeah. thing about Debassi is I saw somebody on Twitter a couple of weeks ago made a comment about Debassi and it was uh, we couldn't have picked a better guy to come into our you know center back position. And I wanted to comment and say, you guys realize that we picked him up before we knew Ike was going to be out. True. So really, I think the, and we, I talked about this a lot. I think the, the, the back four that Heath really wanted was for Debassi to take over for Gasper on one side, have Ike and, 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 um, and Boxy in the middle and then have a Romaine on the other side. I really thought that was going to be our back four moving forward yeah you know um, we talked about that last season yeah or at the end did. of last season I I did. Yeah. um where it was hard to know exactly what their plans were for debussy it was it was like a do you do you think it's a replacement for gasper or yeah. did you know did we think that they knew more about ike than we thought or you know did we I mean, I actually argued that I would have replaced Boxel, you know, saying that I could come back. I would yeah. play, replace yeah. Boxel. Um, I mean, if he's an interesting, he's an interesting signing, and I'm not entirely confident that I'm with you, Tony. I'm not entirely confident that where we are today is where they thought we were going to be. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't signing. know. I'm- I'll, that's a great uh, point, Tony. I, 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 I just have to feel like, in my opinion, and I'll, again, it's just speculation. I, I feel like, and you touched on it. I, I think to me, it feels like they kind of had an idea that maybe they weren't going to be with Ike or have Ike's services available. That's because right. I think yeah. at the time, at the time, you know, assuming I was going to be healthy and come, come it was kind of an odd signing. Um, never, not that you don't want to have depth in, in your back four, but I think it was a kind of an odd signing at the time for kind of a center back, but I guess going into that, to your point, Tony, we knew, and he had had experience playing. I think it was the left back position yep. specifically. So yeah, that kind of made sense. And then to put a fire under Gasper, make him play better just from a competition standpoint, yep. you know, somebody coming in to potentially takes his job. I see that side of it too, but at the same time, it just seemed, yep. seemed it a little worked. unusual, but yeah, it, it worked, worked out. out. It worked out guys. I mean, it worked right. out. Yeah. It worked out. So Hopefully, yeah, 40, you know, sorry, Tony, 42 goals. I mean, they allowed, you know, in the regular season this year, that that's just a few years removed from, you know, a couple of years removed, I should say, from what, 71, 70 goals allowed. So, right. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, what it, again, it's it's tough to replace a guy like Ike Opara, but uh, Debase has come in and done a fantastic job uh, in that position. So, um, guys, it's a big game next Sunday. I don't even know. Do we want to say what we think the score is going to be? Do we really want to do that? Do we want to? Jinx if you it? want to, go. Ahead. I mean, I don't know if I want to because I, there's so many variables going into it. And I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit scared now that we talked about every, all the variables. 
I think most of our listeners would probably expect some predictions from us now. All right, all right. It's so, I love the MLS and I would never gamble on the MLS. I think I have just for fun. I've mentioned it, but, uh, done it. you know, we can predict the score all we want. We're most likely going to be wrong, but why don't we just go for it? All right. Well, just to predict scores. We're not going to get into why just one score. That's it. So I'll start first. I'm going to say loons win, uh, two to one. David. Take my answer. Um, I, I think, yeah, two to one is a good scoreline for right. Nope. That sounds okay. that that does sound like a very classic uh, scoreline because I've we've met we've touched on it. Um, LA Galaxy last week uh, they they scored three goals against LA Galaxy twice this year, um, but hadn't scored three goals much this year at all. Just a I think other than those two games I just mentioned, I think they've done it once prior to that. Um, but I'm going to go with three goals scored for the Loons. Two for Portland, uh, you know, sure. so three, two, a team in Portland that scores goals. They have done that plenty of times. They're at home. Um, I think it's going to be three, two Minnesota. So I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Do you think it's a situation that it's two, two, and we end up having to score like goal because Portland came back? Or do you think it's a situation where we run away with it and Portland's able to get a late goal? As like literally, as I was talking, I was kind of as I was saying that three two scoreline. I was kind of seeing it. I was trying to feel how it would go. I, I think it's going to be. I think I'm going to be optimistic. I think it's going to be another roller coaster on the road. I think Minnesota is going to grab the first goal, not necessarily early, but first goal in the first half, and then I think Portland's going to counter with a goal of their own, one one into halftime, and then I think Minnesota is going to come out with their hair on fire put a couple more goals in the back of the net, go up three, one and Portland's going to come back with one late to make it three, two. So I guess I'm predicting a relatively comfortable game other than giving up that early lead, but going into early into the second half, I'm predicting Minnesota is going to look the better team and have a two goal lead and just give up one late. So I, I personally think that we're going to come from behind and win. Okay. I, I, I just think that's how it's going to play out. I wouldn't be shocked if Portland scores a goal within the first 15 minutes. And, and the good news is for the loons, and I, I don't have all the schedule in front of me, but I mean, they have done that. The loons have, they have come from behind, yeah. you know, in, in a one goal deficit kind of mode. I don't know if we've seen it in a two goal deficit mode, but uh, maybe, you know, maybe Adi comes in and scores a goal or two. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be come back? You know, I mean, why not? I guess yeah. <laughs> not yeah. as well. It's a playoffs, man. Anything can happen. Yeah. That's right. Well, um, yeah. So, yeah, big game next weekend, guys. Let's take just a quick break, guys. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, next year's season already because we have a new team coming into the Western Conference. Uh, we also have dates of the uh, openers for everybody and when the MLS Cup is going to happen next year. And then we'll talk a little bit about the Loons uh, free agents uh just briefly touch on that and then we have a funny story to talk about so we'll be back in just one minute and welcome back everybody back from a little break um guys let's get into next year's mls i know the playoffs aren't done yet i mean they just started or they're going to start next weekend but let's talk about what mls has already announced and the big announcement from mls was that Next year with, is it Charlotte coming in next year? 
right? Right. So Charlotte's coming on the Eastern Conference. So Nashville is moving to the Western Conference next year, which yeah. is great. Is great for us guys because I've talked about this before. I want to get to a game in Nashville, their new stadium. So that'll happen next year. I I do too. Yeah. I mean, I I've only I've only I've traveled through, I've flown into Nashville, I've traveled through Nashville, I've been around Nashville, but I've never spent a night in Nashville. I've never really got to explore that city and 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 uh, Loon's game in away game yeah. at Nashville would be a great excuse to do that for mm-hmm. the first time for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm mean, the only one that wishes that they would have put Charlotte in the West. Well, yeah. I don't know. I think Nashville I mean, going Nashville going to the West makes sense just from a geographic standpoint, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, right, but still, you know, you think about you think about the NFL, you know, the Cowboys oh, are in the East. Well, <laughs> Remember, yeah. remember, remember, hold on, guys. Remember back in the day, it, the Atlanta Falcons were in NFC West. Yeah, and I mean, it, and way back in the day, the it was the Buccaneers were in the in the Central, weren't they? When the, they were in the Central, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, it's yeah. like and so yeah. here, here, like sense. so with with your so obviously, yeah, and sorry, Tony, I, I think David too. I had to blank when you said uh, Charlotte because I was like, for some reason I was thinking St. Louis, but yeah, it is Charlotte. You're right. They're coming into the Eastern Conference and and. To balance, now we'll have there'll be fourteen teams per per side with mm-hmm. Nashville going to the west, and it, I, like I said, ge- geographically Nashville to the west makes sense. Other, technically, there you could make a case for Chicago. They're right. even further west than yeah, and more. You know that could be a potential more rivalry with Minnesota than say a Nashville could be just from their proximity geographically right. speaking but here's here my question for you is this i like first i think maybe they didn't move chicago to the west because they chicago has been in mlm in mls for many many years since the start yes. right yeah so so maybe that's why they didn't move chicago out of the east I, mm-hmm. I i get that even though maybe some of us here in minnesota would like to see chicago in the west just from a rivalry standpoint yep. but so i get the national my question for you guys is i think I said St. Louis aren't isn't St. Louis going to be the next team into MLS? Yeah, I'm pretty wrong? sure. Yeah, yeah. So and if and if and what my question is then, would you expect another realignment? Well, Which, that's it's a good question, Dave. I mean, so St. Louis I think becomes then the 29th team, correct? Is they, that, they would that, be the 2019. Yeah. So yeah, and they again. and they would have had 30 teams if the San Diego thing didn't fall through. Sacramento Sacramento, sorry. And there's there's also rumors about like a Vegas team. Well, and that's my point. My point is the next team coming in most likely is going to be further, literally further west. Potentially, potentially. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll they'll bring St. Louis in with the West, and yeah. But if they do that, realign, then they'll realign again. Well, well, maybe they won't. I mean, here my question for you is: Could they bring in? Let's assume that it's going to be Las Vegas. Just I don't know that it is after St. Louis. Let's say they bring St. Louis. Why couldn't they bring St. Louis into the East? They could. And I know, I get it. Nashville's further East than St. Louis. No, that's couldn't true. they bring St. Louis yeah. into the East? Yeah. And then the next team, like a Vegas, I don't know if it, it is, but right. it is yes. Vegas yeah. bring them into the West. It, and if they know who the West, you know, sorry, if they know who the next team, the 30th team is, yeah. then I bet that dictates where St. Louis goes. Which we, uh, yeah. we have a couple of, kind of nominees for the 30th team that's las vegas uh that is sacramento if they can get their shit together um i'm trying to think there was one more Well, you know i think louisville louisville um, was in there i was 
Phoenix in there? I think Phoenix was in there too. Phoenix is in there. Yep. Honestly, I think if if MLS went to Detroit and said, "Hey, you guys want to come in?" Even though they just moved to USL, I don't. I think Detroit would jump on it in a heartbeat. Of course because they would. Ultimately, you know, I've seen some people. You know, this is kind of a tangent. I've seen some people on Twitter be like, "Oh, did how did that vote actually go?" You know, where. Yeah. Were they forced into voting for USL as opposed to staying with NISA? Mm-hmm. You know what? Yeah. I, Everybody's going to pick the top top league. Yeah, why not? If yeah. MLS I guess, comes calling, they're going to be like, "F you, USL." Yeah, I guess, and, yeah and, the, and the reason the reason I brought that up is I I guess what I'm hoping is that okay, Nashville's moving to the West. Great. I just hope it stays that way long term. Oh. And, and then, I don't. We don't see another realignment where they end up moving back to I don't, the east, and some team moves to the west. Yeah, I, I think they'll keep them there. I don't think you can do so. that. I don't think yeah. you can. I don't think you can do the whole. It'll just look move funny. here for a, a a year and then move back. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I mean, now, and that's the that's the whole reason why Dallas is still in the east. I mean, yeah. they just don't want to screw with it. I think the yeah. MLS Dallas, will be the exact Dallas, same way. What are you talking about? Sorry. The NF, yeah. NFC football. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that I think MLS will be the exact same way. They'll be like, okay, you know what. Nashville, it's not quite ge- geographically right, but mm-hmm. you're going to stay in the West. I just mm-hmm. think yeah. they will. Yeah. yeah. I hope that's and, the case. Yeah. And it, it, I'm fine with that. I actually love it because, again, we get to put, we're going to go to a game next year in Nashville that we thought we might not be able to well, get to. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, did, because with the schedule, yeah, we, we yeah. know there will, they, they already decided, we're talking sure. about the schedule and the realignment that each Western Conference team will play home and away against yep. every other team in the West. So that guarantees every year from next year forward, you know, mm-hmm. unless they decide to change their schedule then maybe they have to, once you get new teams added, but uh, at least for the short term, yeah, that, that it guarantees you a, so, a, a away game at every Western conference city, which I'm very excited about, especially, yeah. you know, after this season. So, yeah. And then we get also uh, their announcement was uh, we will play, uh, how many teams in the East, guys? Was it eight? eight I think we'll play eight is. games in the East, which means it, we'll probably be a. It'll be four games at home, four games away, you, for the most part. Well, you for the most part. Yep. So again, uh, we talked about on text messages. There's some Eastern Conference teams I'd love to go see. You know, Montreal, uh, Toronto, uh, of course, with David now in Florida. If they play Miami or Orlando City, I mean, that's a given. We'll be down there for that. But I, and. I think, you know, we've already seen, we've already traveled for Atlanta United, you know, to check, yeah, check yeah. you know, for the the, the U.S. Open they, Cup. But they play I a football stadium for Pete's sakes. Who gives a shit? I, I, Montreal is a great town. I've been there many, many a times. For, I want to go to Montreal. And I think, you know, another one that sticks out, uh, especially after watching the U.S.-Mexico match on Friday night is Cincinnati, just to check out their, you know, check out the new day. Yeah, TQL looks like a good place. It looks phenomenal, that stadium. Yeah, Um, yeah, Yeah. it's weird because you don't think about, you know, destinations in the East. But, yeah, I think, like you said, I mean, why not? The the Florida teams would obviously be a draw. And then – And even even Charlotte. I mean, if they played in Charlotte next year, I would consider going to Charlotte. I mean – as an expansion yeah, team, you know, you know, honestly, there, there are only teams that I would rather not see. So like, I don't really, I, lo- I like Boston, but I don't feel like seeing New England. I don't particularly want to see uh, Columbus. No, I have no desire I mean, to travel I, to. I, guess I don't have, 
yeah. much as people don't like Yankee Stadium, I would go to Yankee Stadium for a match. Yeah, that, um, that's in, that's an interesting one. Like for me, from an animal, I'm you know I'm a sports fan. I'm a big baseball and football fan as well. Uh, for me, I don't have any desire. I mean, I want to go. I'm living in New England. I want to go to New England, but not necessarily for MLS. You know, I'd love. I would love to see a Patriots game maybe someday. Oh. Uh, New York City. I have zero desire to go to New York City Been there to once. watch an MLS game i mean no. i wouldn't i would love to go to a for a baseball game either yeah and for but if the but twins yeah, just if the twins played in yankee stadium dave i would be all yeah. for that seeing the and they do, played, uh, they do <laughs> of course they do all the time but <laughs> if but but if i'm sorry for the playoffs but now you know, tony maybe, you, maybe you block out most of those games because they don't have much success there they don't but, uh, but i mean talking about like a, a playoff game in yankee stadium with the twins and the yankees great a loons game against uh, who played? Is it uh, is it FC New York or are we talking New York City Yankees? FC? New York City FC. Who plays yeah. in Yankee Stadium? NYCFC. And okay. NYCFC. I don't. And that's see- that's. I know. Remember, I may have had a. I may have been a few beers deep, but that's what I predicted the final to be. That the twenty twenty one MLS Cup final to be played on a baseball state stadium. Oh. Loons versus NYFC. So we'll yeah. see what happens. Well, and they. they it can't happen, Dave. I'm sorry to tell you. It could well, happen. It could happen. I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. I gonna... think that's very unlikely. But... Yeah. They would have to go through New England, but it could yeah. happen. Yeah. But, I mean, guys, Eastern Conference, like I said, there are so many different places. I'd love to go see a Loons game in the Eastern Conference now. And now that we have a more fit schedule on the Western Conference side, too, I know now that next year, if I really wanted to go to a Portland, a Seattle a KC, they're going to play one game and I can go to those games. So it's set up more like the uh, major league baseballs or the NBAs where, you know, you're going to get a chance to go to those teams in Western conference at least once. Yeah. It it makes it exciting for planning, you know, Mm -hmm. for year long, you know, for planning, future planning. And I I think Mm -hmm. we should make it a priority, Tony and David, uh, to catch Minnesota United on the road. Now, of course, we've all been to MLS, uh, stadiums around the league, you know, whether, you know, Chicago yeah. and, and Kansas city and other, yeah. other places, but we've, I personally, I don't know. I can't, I can't talk for you guys. I think we're in the same ballpark, but I have never seen uh Minnesota United play an MLS game on the road. I, although, even though I've been to other MLS stadiums well, to watch games, I've, I've seen him play Chicago twice. You played, you were in Chicago. Oh, right? I'm sorry. I blocked that. Yeah. I blocked that game out. Okay. And Wait, of course, yeah, that's right. You were there. You were Chicago. I was there. <laughs> and the and the and the Atlanta game. Right. So the Atlanta game that's, too. Okay, well, that was USL. That, that, okay. that felt different. Yeah, I did. Ah, I did. Right. I did say yes. We have been in Atlanta. I mean, and, I can understand why you don't remember Atlanta. I did yeah, say well, yeah. Well, I, that that's USL. Yeah, I that did was specifically say MLS games. But uh, yeah, I did forget about Chicago. How could I do that? Uh, well, I could do it because it was, that was a miserably a cold game. day, uh, and that they was lost. They lost two. I will say. We we did tie that game in though to a, a, a Cubs game against the Brewers, so that's true. That was also a Cubs game and Loons game in the same weekend. And was, we did a podcast at a Fantastic we did a Brewery. Podcast at Fantastic Brewery. So it was a and we went to the Willis Tower. Yeah, it was that's a full. So, I remember all show. I remember all that show. trip. Brush I remember was a wonder, You're right. That was a wonderful trip. I remember all mm-hmm. of it, and I just decided to block out that cold, miserable. Two no, it was and and the and the video arcade I and mean, the arcade yeah with yeah. that show but yeah, yeah. that was I mean, fantastic it was it was, a sh- it was a shitty game I mean yes but we made up for it with everything else so yeah. I mean it was a good weekend All right. 
I guess, okay, circling back around, bottom line is it's fun now that you can know you're going to every Western Conference city yep. at some yep. point in the season and you can plan ahead. And I'm excited about that. To, you know, even though we've been to Kansas City a number of times, I would love to go back to actually yeah. watch the Loons play. Yeah. Not that won't be my first choice just because I've been there several times. But yeah, all the other cities, Nashville included now. Yeah, it's exciting. So, and you know, I, I think um, as boring as this would be, I think Houston's probably on my list because it's literally a hop across the Gulf for me. Sure. Um, but, you know, I've already been to Dallas, um, not for Loon's match, but Austin, I've been Austin, to Dallas. Austin's oh, a yeah. big one. Yep, Tony. Austin I think it just... would be great, especially if it's in South by Southwest. Yeah, I was time. I was gonna yeah pose the question. I mean, what what is the number one spot? I think Tony, you hit it. I think for me personally, Western Conference teams would be. I mean, I'd like to hit them all someday, but I think Austin and Nashville would be top of the list just yeah. from their cities. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I could leave Seattle and Portland. Um, Portland, I, mean, I, I think I love LA, I'd love to. So I, I want to see go to LA do, any second. I do want to see Providence Park. I really do. I would. And, Seattle has a great atmosphere, but again, yeah. they play, you know, you know, a football, football stadium, stadium, so it doesn't. Yeah. Or Van- doesn't... I'd also love to do Vancouver at some point. Vancouver, Vancouver. also a football stadium. I, I know I've talked yeah. about it before, but I don't uh, like Canadians, so I can't do that. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm. Canadians sorry. are wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Jeez. That's not That's what makes them suck. Let's not. Let's not get into Did that you, right now. You guys know, and I, I think I brought this no, up before. No, Vancouver, no. Vancouver is no. uh, Metrodome West. It is yeah, before I've heard it was sure, renovated. Yeah. It was it was significantly renovated. Yeah, I've heard that. When it was originally built, it looked almost identical yeah. to the Metrodome. Right. I think yeah. it was crazy. Um before we get out of this conversation, guys, two quick notes about what MLS talked about. Not only Nashville moving and uh, the whole scheduling thing. Um, they're gonna try to play less Wednesday night games this year. So I think the deal was five or less Wednesday night games per team this year, uh, which is nice. Uh, because those Wednesday night games really suck, especially if they're 930 games out on the West Coast. Uh, even more so for David, because they're 1030 games for him. Um, <laughs> and uh, the start date was what? Uh, February 26th. 26th. Okay. Uh, Which is outrageously early. It is very early. And we talked about this before the podcast that uh, I have a feeling that the first month of the loon season will be away games. Uh, they will not play here. And only on its field until at least late in March. Um, I, I say piss on the MLS if its first game isn't an alliance. That'd be nice. It'd be cool. I mean, I mean I, who cares, right? Yeah, I mean, if, we clearly hey, proved we can hey, show up in numbers. Yeah, I, I'd go. I mean, I'd go. It's February, but I'd still go. Uh, and then, of course, MLS Cup, the final would be in November uh, next year. So, Fifth. Yes, and that leads into, of course, the World Cup next year so um uh yeah and david you had kind of a theory about why they were doing that this year Yeah, you know i i I think i've always thought well not always for the last three four years i've really thought that we're going to eventually see a european schedule in in major league soccer Mm -hmm. and starting as early as february 26th is really helping them gauge how early in winter they can kind of start getting matches going. They've already seen that they can end the season mid-December. I mean, they're doing it this year. They've done it past. Um, 
I think that they're really starting to figure out, okay, can we do a European schedule, take that winter break and make it work? I, I, I think that's what's happening. I, I, really I, I, will, I will tell you though, I mean, and I know now you've been in Florida for, for a while, but I'll tell you what, January 1st through February 26th in Minnesota is a rough stretch, the roughest stretch. I mean, it yeah. is brutal. Could you yeah. imagine games being played here at Allianz Field in, in negative but, temperatures? You know, we, I mean, because that would go, be the case. We go a month without seeing them anyway. But, so, you know, what? Um, but you're assuming like a winter break is that that's what you're that's well of. even then even without even including the break plus another three four weeks i mean what last season or well this season we went four five weeks five weeks from uh mid-april until the end of may without a home match and that had a lot to do with the international schedule um but we did that i mean it's not like we don't go four to six weeks without seeing them anyway. I don't true. see why they couldn't do a, a winter break and throw three weeks on each end. And we end up going a, two and a half. A winter, a winter, a winter break with, you know, scheduling, avoiding games in the North. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's interesting. So yeah, totally. I, mean, season, I guess, I mean, we have to remember Allianz is heated. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's is, not yeah. like, it's the field not like they didn't think about that. The yeah. field is I heated. Mean, not the seats. The seats aren't heated. The right, field right, is yeah. heated. <laughs> the, the stadium itself is freezing, but <laughs> <Yeah>. the <laughs> the field itself the field is heated. It's not like this wasn't thought out. I, yeah. I seriously think, I, I really think way back when Allianz was built and designed, MLS was saying, "Look, you be prepared. Make this field ready for winter matches." I really yeah. think they did. Yeah, and and you know they they can do that. My only other concern would be you're you're going to fight with nfl if you're going to continue your season and they already do fight with nfl at the end of their season no one cares about the vikings anymore anyway and well it's not just the vikings though david it's everybody else you know what i mean it's and that's going back to thanksgiving thing fighting you're going to fight against the the cowboys on thanksgiving we We did talk about that well it it is interesting though on the podcast i thought we talked about that before oh did we oh sorry right i mean Talking about, yeah, I think we did, but I, I, I do think to. it's, I think it's really interesting. Like I always marvel at, at European soccer um, when I think about their off season and how short it is. I mean, they're finishing right. up, you know, in May and then before you know it, they're starting up in, in August and not counting, not even counting, you know, your so-called preseason. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, the MLS is doing that this year because MLS yep. cup is on the, the 11th of December mm-hmm. this year. And the regular season starts up again on February 26th. So that is an incredibly short uh, season, yeah. off season this year. Now, this year, you can look at it. They have a clear reason to do that with the World Cup starting up in November. But, I mean, it's, it is interesting now you get the early start. We have had the late start already, or the late finish, I should say. So we're getting all of it. We're getting all of it. So, yeah, I mean, it. it and it would be nice to see, I mean, I mean, you're talking, we want to see this league continue to grow and, you know, that would be one way to do it because now you'd be on the same, you know, your transfer windows would match up. Your season would match up yeah, uh, with, with European soccer, top flight soccer. And, you know, it would be great if they could pull it off. And I, you know, they, they play some cold matches in, in England. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. it. And, oh yeah. There's snow in the Navy, but 
not like it gets here. That's just, I mean, you don't, they don't get the negative 20s well, or whatever. And that only happens in what? Maybe two of the teams get that weather, right? Yeah, potentially. And, I mean, maybe. I mean, I mean Van- yeah, because Vancouver—they're pretty mild. Um, you but know. they're indoors, aren't they? No, but oh, that's right. Uh, they- I think it's open air after open air now. Yeah, yeah. I think I've seen. I've literally stayed across the street from yeah, that they're stadium. Open air. Maybe they're that open still air. is indoor. I could be wrong. They had major renovations at stadium, but even if Canadians don't pay attention. But no, I think Minnesota oh, by Minnesota by far is the coldest weather team by far. I mean, because yeah. Chicago. It would be maybe second on the list, but well, they're really milder. Well, then, uh, but now, but think about this now: in Chicago now is playing at Soldier Field. So in New England would be another. But, but again, again, Soldier Field is right next to Lake Michigan, and previously they played at that stadium kind of further in, so the winds probably weren't as bad. Now you're playing Soldier Field, so. Yeah, but they do that. Hey, it's a spaceship. They've got significant wind blockage from all sides. So. And again, I mean, Chicago playing in the playoffs is not going to happen anyway. So who cares? Of course. Um, but uh, anywho, so <laughs> okay, so big announcement from MLS. Schedules will come out, I'm sure, when the season's over. It'll be interesting to see. Um, one more topic to talk about, guys, with the Loons will be uh, they just announced who's kind of a free agent for next year. Um, they announced it for all the teams, uh, and we have. It wasn't much of a surprise. I well, mean, it's not I a surprise, knew... although it's a surprise that they put box other than box. Yeah, that's the surprise. Like, which, where what's the deal with that? Well, maybe, and David's probably right. Uh, in his text, he said maybe it's they couldn't really sign him till after the season's over. So, even though they agreed to it in principle, it's not really official till the season's over. Yeah, and, I bet you know, that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, so, I guess. When I first saw the name, I was a little bit concerned because we did have the news and we talked about it that they had signed him through 2023, right? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I so, guess my concern level is relatively low, although it certainly kind of peaked the uh, radar a little bit. But, yeah, concern level low about Boxo. But let's, he's fine. I think for our conversation, yeah. let's assume he's not on that list. So it's, it's yeah. Adi, Agadello, uh, we are talking about Boxo, Kalman, Retalia. Trap and uh, Zendejas. Zendejas, yeah, yes. I think, I think, yeah, I think, and you, you kind of emphasize um, a trap, Tony, because in Absolutely. my opinion, looking at the list, I, I, I think it's a short conversation. In my opinion, you guys could tell me why I'm wrong, but I mean, I think the biggest name that they want to look at in the offseason potentially resigning is Will Trap. They'll bring him back because he, he's yeah. been a minutes, he's done extremely well for this club this year he's, played he's, almost all the minutes and he's well, been rock solid and and in that um mid uh, ex- defensive midfield position so i'd like to see will trap be resigned except, to multi-years except for the games that he missed when he had his kid i mean it didn't he doesn't he play like every game I think pretty much gone, pretty he, much he, i think he, he may it'd be i haven't looked at it lately but there was yeah. one point not too long ago probably just prior to the birth of his uh son it, mm-hmm. I think he was the leader in minutes. Yeah. I, he, that may not still be the case anymore with a couple games missed, but you have he, to, he, you have to resign. Yeah. Yeah. So. Because yeah, you know, I, I think um, reality is if you, if you look at, okay. If you look at what the players should be playing as far as positions go, you know, Dobson is the same as will trap. Um, but uh, you know, we've never ever played a player where they're supposed to play. So no. 
the likely or the the preferred lineup with that four two three one is is Trap and Dobson, obviously. And, yeah, and I think and that's I, what's going to happen next season because Ozzy is will be gone and Greg Use is for certainly out the door. Because I was a little surprised. The other, so not surprised by the list, but I mean, because I mean, I made you know, I made the point of saying, okay, I think against you know Portland, I, I'd like to see Ozzy and and Trap start the game with Dotson, honestly on the bench, uh, coming in as needed because he could come in anywhere. But the point is, I'm you know, Ozzy's not on this list. That kind of surprised me. I guess. Well, hold on a second. No, Ozzy, I think has an option for next year. I don't think he's all these guys had options. Yeah, yeah, I but think I, pretty much all of them do. Doesn't doesn't Ozzy have some weird thing going on with the with United where it's like he's maybe it's signed, a player option. He signed something that says he's going to retire with them and be in their front office. Or there's some maybe, weird maybe thing there, with Ozzy. Maybe it is there a player option. Yeah, maybe it is a player option, and then that's why he wouldn't be yeah. included on the list because I do think there obviously is a significant chance that Ozzy won't will not be on this club next year. But I think the deal was he was going to stay with the team in some other function, not on the field, on the pitch. He was going to be in the front office or coaching or something like that. I I, I remember reading that. Could be. Which is you know, not surprising. Yeah, you know, I think um, he likes it here, so why not? He does, um, yeah. It, it might not quite be the same thing. And again, it comes down to MLS roster rules, which I have absolutely no idea what's That's, going on. Who um, does really? But, you know, I think I think you resign Will Trap. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. He He's, what, 28? Yeah. 28 next year. Yep. So you have three more years of Will Trap yep. with Dobson. And by the time three years is up, Dobson takes over and you replace Will Trap with Joseph Rosales. That's, like my, that's my logical progression. That would be a um, scenario. You replace him with, with young groups. Yeah. Well, that's the other interesting thing. I mean, we're talking about roster is like, and that he's a, that is a good. I mean, yeah, going to be. We, pro- we, we should probably save most of this roster discussion for the offseason, but obviously, it's safe to assume Gregor won't be there next year. So again, yeah. that only adds to the fact that it makes sense to sign Will Trap. Yeah. Um, well, but that also opens up a, yeah. a DP slot, which is interesting. You know, for the offseason potentially. You know, assuming they part ways with Gasper or, or Jan Gregus, I'm sorry. And at this point, I'd be stunned if they didn't, obviously. So. Messy, yeah, messy, you know, messy. I think you find yourself with a – I don't even know where they'd use the DP, honestly. Me- messy, I mean, messy. It's hard to – I mean, who knows? Maybe they go defensive or maybe they try and find another, you know, well, box-to-box or they can leave it know, on number them. eight to replace they Jan Gregus. You don't it's, need, it's interesting. You don't need to use maybe, it. Well, that's true, but I think players expect it. I mean, fans expect it. Well, I know. Um, I, I think maybe Ooh. you could see with the fact that Rosales is only 21, yeah. maybe they would sign a new DP in that eight or six position. Sure. It is um, It is interesting. And maybe you do see Trap not come back. Okay. Um, well, that I mean, just we're we're literally talking it out. So that right. is, that would be a possibility. I mean, I don't, um, it's interesting though. What do you think are the, the odds are that they? What do you think the odds are that Minnesota say lose doesn't sign another DP in the offseason and only comes back? They come back without Gregus and do not sign another DP going into the well, 22, 22 season. You got 
here's the deal. You got to find a DP that fits, right? Right. You can't just sign a DP percent of DP. And you've already got on your front four, your front four is already set. So you're not putting anybody up in the front four. And I'm still curious about, you know, um, Franco Frangapane, who's making his salary is so low right now. I wonder if there's a little bit, there's, there's something that we don't know about his contract moving forward. Cause could be that. You wouldn't expect you would expect him to make a higher salary going forward if he remains in the club. And so, so you know, I think you look at the fact that um, you know Romain is going to be thirty two. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at the fact that Boxel we're picking up his option, obviously through twenty twenty three, and he's going to be thirty four when he that contract ends. I think. So, you know, maybe you do see, maybe this is a phase out of yeah. Michael Boxel even. He's I mean, on a young DP. We want to keep him there, just like we wanted to keep Ozzy here, because he's useful. He's a veteran. He's he's good. But maybe you do sign a DP young guy. center back or a young right center back. back. A, young, a young center back who can come yeah, in for I mean, DeBossi or, uh, or for, for – uh, for boxy at any point. Yeah. And then you, you also have the new roster rules with the whole uh young what is that? That's, it's not young DP anymore, whatever it's mm, called. Well, it's yeah. Um you know, it's and then the you uh, Tommy get, Tommy Chacon rule, young Right, man. and then you young have DP, Chacon sitting DP. out there who's got to come back eventually. Some young point. DP. Yeah. Um I, I I think there's maybe come back. Um well, I, I think that you know, you have I think there's good options. Uh, you know, Romain may not be here forever. I don't know that he'll be here beyond next year. So maybe midseason you sign a, a DP right back. I, I don't know that that happens very often in MLS. But there are some really phenomenal fullbacks out there that can make massive differences in matches. I mean, I always think of, as a Chelsea guy, I think of uh, a Chilwell who, mm-hmm. from the fullback position, he's amazing for that squad. And you, and you know, uh, you know, and um, as as for Equeta, he's another phenomenal fullback that Chelsea's had. You can find these DP level fullbacks. I just don't think you see it very often in MLS. Um, and I think, but, you know, I think there's a lot of options. And I think we'll we'll get into that whole subject yeah. when the playoffs are over and we do our final kind of roundup of the so, loons, but. But moving on from Mill Trap, guys, the other interesting thing here is Brent Kalman. Now, I know a lot of people don't like Brent. I there's some reasons why they don't like him. We won't get into that. But he has done a pretty good job. Yes, he has subbing in this phenomenal. Year. A phenomenal job, especially now, this year. Yeah. Now, is he a guy who you bring back for another year? Um, just to kind of support that center back position, or is he a guy who you say, you know what, we got what we needed out of you, you're gone, and we'll bring in somebody younger and we'll play with them. I mean, again, you'd kind of, I mean, I'd be surprised. I'm just going down the list. I'd be a little surprised if ID comes back. I'd be a little surprised if Agadello comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, getting down to Coleman. He's a guy that, yeah, assuming you can sign sign him for an MLS, you know, friendly contract, you know, as far as salary, mm-hmm. he's not going to be a big hit on that cap. I, I do hope that Coleman comes back because he's, he plays a role for this club and has for 
not only in their MLS existence, he goes back into the, you know, into the pre MLS days significantly. Yep. I think yep. since 2014, was it? So, yep. yeah, I think as long as he wants to come back, as long as he's happy here, and uh, I think I, he would, I think he's a, a friendly signing as far as the salary cap goes. So, yeah, I, I hope he gets yeah, signed. He's, um, okay, so he's, he's 31. He's currently making 158000 guaranteed. You know, if they can get him signed for, I mean, just another year at 100000 price, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think he's going to go out and find a higher pay at 31. No. For, a, you know, being a bit part substitution role. I'd take him in a heartbeat. I, I think he knows the squad. He knows the manager. He he knows expectations. And you you're going to pay way more money to find somebody of that caliber. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Even and if he, he's not like fantastic, he's still above average. Yeah, and he's seen the field. You know, the next guy on the list would be Yuko Retalia, and he and and Coleman has seen the field this year much more than Retalia has. So I, mean, I think Retalia is gone. I mean, there's no reason to re-sign Retalia. He's, he, you know, and he's been over 300,000 guaranteed. Yeah. And he's, that's a and, huge salary. Uh, Retalia's got to be uh, older than Kalman, right? Isn't uh, he? He's 33. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Retalia's gone. Um, he, that, that is a safe bet. I mean, okay. Yeah. As long as we're talking Finland, quick shout out Finland. Uh, Finland won their match against, uh, I think it was Bosnia Herzegovina. They did. 2 yeah. yeah. 0. And Robin Lud scored, uh, Lude scored the, a goal. Second goal. So, and, and, and Yoko was uh, not in the game because he yeah. got a red card. Yeah. Oh, okay. Not cool. Who um, was, oh, oh, uh, but Schuler was out there. I saw. Yes. Uh, I, saw I didn't, him I didn't watch. I, I didn't, was like, hey, no one's talking about the fact that Schuler I didn't was see. I did not watch that whole game, you know, for mm. reference, but I did see he was out there. Oh, mm. um, I'd take Schuler back. I, I bring him Schuler. back. Bring him I back. I liked him. Okay. <laughs> The only the only way that Retalia is coming back is if Robin Lude is like, "Hey, he's my buddy. Please bring him back." You know, yeah. not for what he's making though. I mean, that's and then, just, oh, I mean, he's not worth it at all. No, I and, and it, quite honestly, I'm sure he could go back to Finland and make the same amount of money. And oh yeah, play. oh yeah. And we probably want to wrap up the uh, free agent talk pretty soon, but I mean, I think Adrian Zendejas is an interesting uh, guy to talk about just because of course we um, have the St. Paul native. Uh, what's his name? Emmings. Um, Emmings. Fred, Fred Emmings on Fred. the roster. And, but the reason I'm not just Fred Emmings, I mean, if, if Zendejas is gone, that could, you know, tweak your interest into how Fred Emmings is developing with the, cl- the club. But mainly I bring up that name because, they do have a goalkeeper situation here in Minnesota. Not a controversy, but they have two good goalkeepers on the roster in in Tyler Miller and, of course, Dane St. Clair. I, you know, I think at this point, um, unpopular opinion: St. Clair needs to be substitute again next year. Yeah, well, we, it, we need to play out Miller one more time. DS, um, you're right, David. I mean, DSC. Showed he was good for a while. He shows some 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 greatness. Uh, but I think you're right. Tyler Miller is the goalie going next year. Um, I have to assume that. The, the, the only reason I bring that up is do they move DSC? I hope they don't because he's got he's young, very young, and has incredible well, potential that he showed all of last year, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, filling I think admirably admirably for this club. So. So you've got an interesting situation where, again, I think this is kind of like that, you know, Joseph Rosales will trap 
Dotson situation where you have Dane St. Clair is 24. He isn't even close to peak age for yeah. a goalkeeper. And then you have um, Emmings, who's going to be 18 next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I can make an argument to bring Zendejas back and send St. Clair out on a permanent loan or sorry, you know, full season loan um, and keep him. And with the, with the expectation or requirement that he starts. Yeah. You find a team USL championship team that, or even a Canadian, whatever they call premier league, whatever they're calling it, um, that will start him unless, you know, some terrible situation statistically speaking happens. You play Miller because he's our guy. You have Zendejas in in the background. You have Emmings doing whatever he's got to do. And you continue that trend because, again, I mean, you're talking, you know, 24 years old, he's got two, three years before he's even at peak. I mean, Miller's 28. That's like edge of peak, I guess. You, you could talk about Miller for another three, four, five, six years. I mean, if, you know, I hate to say it, if you want to be a team that's going to loan out your best players, best young talent, go for it. Um, okay. Keep St. Clair available until he's needed. Okay. 28 is not a peak unless you're, I mean, American-wise, yes. Italian-wise, 28 is not a peak. I mean, look at well, Buffon. Like Buffon. Buffon is like. You know, 60. 60 years old, and he's great. Um, greasy 60. Don't say, don't, sorry, don't, sorry, don't do it, don't do it, Johnny. Please don't do it, Johnny. Um, David, I, I like what you said there, I do, but I also think that maybe it's a Tyler Miller and DSC as the backup next year, and Fred. Can they loan Fred out to somebody else? Yeah, but I think, well, certainly they could, but I, I think. David, you mentioned I, he's all of 18 years old. If that, uh, yeah, I think it might, so. he might still be a little young. I mean, so, yeah, I guess I go to I, a nicer team. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, he could go somewhere, he was somewhere lower and kind I, of I like, get his feet wet. He could. And I guess yeah. we can't rule that out going forward, but just there's no game film on him, so to speak. He hasn't played in meaningful, you know, even lower level games. So it's but hard they, to, it's hard to judge now, that. I, I if think we had a reserve team, which, you know, let's maybe not, let's not talk about that. We'll save that for later, but maybe we will, but maybe we won't. But yeah, I think David, that was awesome. I'm, I teed that up for you, and I think you 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 you, you nailed it. I, I hope that's the case because, like I said, I we don't have a controversy here. I really don't. I don't. I think Tyler Miller. It's safe to say he'll be the starting goalkeeper. You know, if they play on February 26th of next year, he'll be the starter. But yeah, you don't want to. I was just. I mean, there is a chance. I mean, he would be you know, it would be trade speculation. That's all. The only reason I brought that up, if you can get a piece in return, but yeah, hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully he remains under control of the club for next year as well. So, so get, before we get out of here, guys, uh, shout out to Tyler Miller, who is the sponsor for grain belt premium, which I drank today. Mm. You know, so get it up. Um, so yeah, I guess great talk about all things loons. Let's, End this podcast with a funny story. How about that? We have no history today because Connor's not here. Um, And uh, hopefully the baby is sleeping now. And Connor's probably sleeping 
next to the baby because he's probably tired from all the baby stuff going on. But um, guys, have you heard of Waymo? No, I don't think so. Waymo is the uh, the the name of the formerly the Google self driving car project. Hmm. Oh. Okay, so uh, we have a problem out in, in San Francisco, uh, San Fran, um, a tiny neighborhood in San Fran and their Richmond district. Self driving Waymo cars have been converging at all hours of the day and night, mystifying neighbors. Most would drive to a dead end on 15th Avenue, where they would then have no choice but to turn around and leave. And neighbors have no idea why, what's the hell's going on. So these self-driving cars are just showing up at this dead end all the time and converging and then moving along. Uh, awesome. said, I noticed this while I was sleeping. I woke to a strange hum that I thought there was a spacecraft outside my window. <laughs> yeah, okay, spacecraft, okay. There's some days there can be up to 50 cars, literally every five minutes. 50. <laughs> We're all working from home. So this is what we hear. And so like 50 cars showing up in this dead end street, these Waymo cars. It's been puzzling for residents. The uh, cars aren't carting any passengers to and fro. Uh, and when locals have asked the drivers, because they actually have, they have to have drivers in the cars, like to make sure they don't crash, I guess. This is like the thing. But they'd let the cars kind of go. Um, they reply that the cars are programmed and they're just doing their job. I don't know what that means. Uh, when asked about the incident, a spokesman for Waymo chalked it up to weird happenings to traffic signs. So the Waymo guy says this is all about traffic signs. There's a one-way street. Uh, residential drivers are discouraged from using. So... The Waymo, because of dynamic road rules, decides to go this way and do a U-turn. And that's the reason why they're still showing up. Uh, explanation or no, one look at Twitter shows the unofficial invasion of the self-driving cars has caught people's attention. One user referred to it as a Black Mirror episode. If you guys watch Black Mirror, you know what, oh, yeah. what they're talking that's about. Uh, representing, rep- referencing, of course, the dark dystopian Netflix series. Another joke that the robot revolution is not imminent. Uh, they uh, they don't know what the hell's going on, guys. So well, I, I don't know. I mean, that's that's funny, and I my apologies to those neighbors that have to deal with that. But I mean, it's not surprising if you use if you you know everybody uses like navigation mm-hmm. at some point from time to time, and I mean it's not perfect. You know, there's and usually if you're behind the wheel, you can kind of figure out what's going on. I'll never forget one time I was out in LA driving. I had to drive out of LA way up to like the Fresno area. And I happened to fly into LA right at rush hour. I timed it totally imperfectly. And I knew where I was going, but I wanted to use the, uh, the navigation more for like traffic. You know, is there any shortcuts? And that, that thing had me getting off literally almost every exit. And taking the exit and getting right back onto the highway, <laughs> then getting off nice. the next exit and then getting right back on only because I was avoiding some of the, the, the heavy congestion on the interstate. So I'm just saying it's not perfect. You know, and I realized real quickly after the first or second one that, okay, never mind, it's not worth it. And it's not perfect. And that's what this is. It's kind of funny though. You would, you'd like to see if there's actually drivers in the car. It'd be nice if they could kind of. Well, there are. Yeah, but they're not allowed. <laughs> but they're not allowed to change okay. what the car is doing unless it's going to crash into something. I think. So I mean, that's the problem. They say that there's there's no robot over 
overthrow that's imminent. Well, there is because you have human drivers in these vehicles and they're not doing anything about the stupidity Mm -hmm. or decisions of the robot. I mean, I think what, why wouldn't you change it? Here's the deal. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you change? Like if you knew this was happening, Waymo, then change the fucking rules. Right. Yeah. For that area. Yeah. It's like, it's just, it is ridiculous. Like, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about the self driving car thing. I think it is definitely going to be a thing going forward, but I'm, it's it's not something I'm excited about. It's not like, I like driving it and I understand it's, I could totally understand why it's safer long-term. And I mean, you, the big stories are always about how a, you know, a driverless car got into an accident or hurt somebody, but I mean, long-term, uh, um, an autonomous car situation is safer than yes. people. Yeah. Driving. You know, I've people never, get distracted and, yeah. you know, by all sorts of shit, you know, so. I've never heard of a autonomous driving vehicle driving 156 miles an hour drunk and no, crashed no. into somebody. So, right. right. And by the way, do I, do I want to ride in a Johnny cab? Like from total recall apps of fucking lootly. I want to get in and have the guy say, welcome to Johnny cab. Where can I take you? I love that. I want that it's to happen. It. It's, it's the, I see it as a future. Yeah. I mean, I just, but I mean, I'm not personally excited as much as you are Tony about it. Cause I just, I personally like driving and I like doing this and that, but I mean, long-term, yeah, I can see why it is safer. I mean, and should be safer. But think about this. So we've gone from, we've gone from taxis guys. Now we have Uber, which Uber is the next step after taxis where anybody can drive anybody they want to certain destinations. And now the next step of course will be autonomous vehicles driving us wherever the hell they want and right? the next step would obviously be taxing those robots exactly right well next step will be uh you know uh, uh, terminator 2 judgment day type of shit going on where they overtake us and they all mass at a certain dead end in san francisco and crash into your house that's the next step right there it's gonna happen That'd be better it's gonna happen That'd be better than taxes yeah it's gonna happen but i mean could you imagine living next to this dead end guys and having these weird. things happening like all the time, like just weird shit. Right. I mean, frankly, I'd be freaked out, but yeah, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit odd mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it definitely, you know, draws attention to the, the problems with eventually having that type of technology. Um, yeah you know, significantly throughout the population force. Well, there's a lot of things they have to get, they have to bring out all the things like the traffic signs and the whatever. There's still a lot of things they got to deal with, with autonomous vehicles, but they're getting there. I mean, obviously you could fix that by just letting them fly. Yeah. Back to the future type of two shit. You're right. You're right. You're I mean, right. we, we should be there. At that point, we should point, be. Right? We should. Well, technically we should be according to the movie. We should be there, but. We're not. Well, I mean, so. even according to the 50s, yeah. they planning, you know, flying cars by like the 90s. Yeah, we should be. There. We're way behind schedule. Looking back to the future, um, yeah. that's coming past, I think. Yeah. You yeah. know, there's cars flying all over the place mm-hmm. like that in that movie. So yeah. it is disappointing. Um, uh, one more thing, guys, before we get out of here that I didn't, I wanted to mention during free agency signing, but I didn't, is uh, we talked about, we talk about um, Ramirez a lot. You know, everybody wants to bring Ramirez back to this to this team because he was the best, right? But uh, why he would come back? Calvo guys got released by Chicago. Uh, right. 
a week before their last game. By well, the way. he wasn't the only player to be well, by really. Chicago, which yeah. ahead of their last match, it, yeah. it, it's a little puzzling. I, I look at this like Chicago has not been. I mean, Chicago has some tremendous. Oh, 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 oh yeah. he's got oh, Calvo signature on a ball. We're looking oh. at an autograph uh, ball yeah. Calvo signature. But I, what I was saying is Chicago has some tremendous MLS, you know, pedigree you know they won mls cup they've had their glory days but like this just seems like a really really puzzling move really it was because it was seven or eight players that they basically told you're not coming back you know don't bother playing next week yep but the question strange timing but the question dave is do we want calvo back on this team absolutely (laughs) what i would take him in a heartbeat (laughs) no you guys wouldn't come on what do you mean no, no. I mean, maybe not as a starter. No, we don't want. Actually, that. I, I still no. stand by my. Uh, in fact, I believe mm. even on this podcast, mm. I have said that I think Calvo would have been a fantastic six. Okay, all right. I, I mean, I, I think he would have been you even know, with his his mental problems. I mean, the guy's got some issues. But you know, as a six, he has coverage. Yeah, right? I I know, but I'm I just mean, saying, I, like, the I, guy. I, I think, uh, you know, he was he was too. Um, his ego is too big for himself. Too brash. He's a little brash. He's brash, brash. But you yeah. know, I there's a point where I like that attitude. You know, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. You know, it got the best of him on multiple occasions. Um, yeah. But you know. I wouldn't want him as a center back. He's not. I, I would take him as I would take him as a six. And I, honestly, I'm not sure which is worse. Calvo as a left yeah. back or Chase as a left back. So yeah. Well, I, I I maybe my answer is a bit too quick. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, David got into it a little bit more, but I mean, yeah, as a starter, absolutely not. Like we there was flashes, you know, in 2019 and where I get, especially early in the season before he left, where I was kind of excited to have Calvin on the team, but that deteriorated quickly, obviously. Um, but his attitude. Yeah. Is it's attitude. So, I mean, for the record, I do not think we will ever see or Calvo in a Minnesota United uniform, but could he, could, would I be up in arms and raging if he did come back? No. I mean, I, you know, assuming he wasn't coming back in a starting role, I'd be, I wouldn't, get too and, upset about it but and reality is, is he wouldn't come back as long as Heath is here no 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> no after what happened with the Heath thing and the... but you know I, I always think about um there was a play gosh I think it was 2018 where I remember him coming forward mm-hmm. and he did like a pirouette in the box mm-hmm. and he almost scored a goal I mean, yeah. it was like he came forward. He completely threw off the numbers. He he did a pirouette and he weaved in and out of defenders, and he almost scored. I mean, you know, it's he's you, you gotta you you love to hate him, but there and were, yet you hey. hate to love him. Yeah, like that. Yeah. But David, there are also plays in 2018. We started this podcast where he did stupid shit on the oh, defensive yeah. end. I gave up goals. I mean, stopping before a play was over, right. uh, you know, stuff, shit like that. It just like it yeah. frustrates you, right? It's frustrating. Yeah. So, so he's a free agent. I make a prediction right now, guys. I don't think he'll be in the MLS next year. I think he'll I go know. somewhere else. 
which probably better for him. But I, I posted on Twitter a couple weeks ago or last week, whatever it was, um, that it was a it was a farewell. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll be back. Yeah, no, he's gone. He's gone. Uh, before we get out of here, guys, I want to say thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. For myself, Tony, for Dave and David, we'll talk to you guys after the playoff game next week. See ya. Balloons.